Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. Okay, <laughs> I guess uh, let's let's let, let's stop uh, wasting time and let's get started. Um, Episode seventy four. I'm Andrew. I'm Lee, and this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's go ahead and get into this, guys. Uh, so, a uh, little bit of news uh, that you found before we get started. Oh, uh, well, I guess we are getting started, but you know, before we get into three episodes in, um, and some of that news I heard about this week, but I totally forgot to go ahead and add it to the sheet. So I'll go ahead and let you share it and whatnot. Okay. All right, yes. According to an article that I found on um, Anime News Network, the Dragon Ball Symphonic Adventure Orchestral Concert is heading to North America. Uh, according to the article, they have um, scheduled a showing in... Tickets go on sale the 15th, so Friday, the day that this episode drops. Tickets are going to go on sale. And um, uh, what else is going on beyond that? Um uh, it's it's happening in Chicago, but they're planning more tour dates. Okay. Cool. Uh, apparently, it's apparently it's in uh, the same uh, orchestra that had done a tour of, um, I think they called it Other Worlds. It says that in the article. Um, they did a uh, multiple Final Fantasy songs. Um. Distant, distant worlds. Yeah, I think distant I may world. have one of their albums, or if not, then I've definitely listened to it before. It sounds yeah, very I'm familiar, just, though. Yeah, I'm just loading up the article now. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. they 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 mentioned distant worlds and that uh, some other things are going on. Uh, so while that article loads, I'm going to go ahead and talk. Oh no, here it is. Um, okay, uh, North American tours. At the Chicago's Rosemont Theater on March 27th, um, AWR Music Productions, which includes Distant Worlds, music from Final Fantasy, is presenting the show, and Overlook Events, St. Seiya Symphonic Adventure, is producing it. And the company cool. plans to add more dates and locations. And there's there's just this beautiful little picture of Goku with a pair of sticks beating one of those large Japanese drums. The kind that are on huge stands, just yeah. I I forget what those are called, but yeah. And, and yeah, the uh, the drum actually has his uh, turtle uh, dojo symbol on the drum, among okay. other things. Um. Okay. Now you okay, have a bit so of news. I have a bit of news. Um, yeah, I saw the Konosuba movie last night. <laughs> um, I saw the Konosuba movie last night. And yes, it is. But we've talked about it on the show before. Uh, it is book five. Um, now, it's not a 100% faithful recreation of book five. Um, there are um, some differences. Um, some things that I kind of wish that they had included. 
that they did not, but I can see why they cut it. But but also at the very end, they added another stage to to kind of the boss fight that they're that they're that they're that they have the the demon uh, general that they fight this time. Uh, they mm -hmm. added kind of a st second stage to that fight, and while it was fun, it was very very much. Um, there for the fans. I don't want to say fan service because that's not what it was. Yeah. Um, but it was very much there for the fans because they brought in Wiz, they brought in um Veneer, the guy with the the guy with the mask. Uh -huh. Um, and all of them worked together uh with our cast of of horrible people. Um uh, uh to defeat this second stage of the of of the demon that they're fighting. Um, which was fun, but at the same time, I was just like, nah, didn't need it. Um, but anyways, uh, one of okay. my favorite gags in the movie, and this is in the book, Kazuma gets spotted by orcs. Uh-huh. He gets spotted by female orcs. Uh-huh. And female orcs are desperate to mate. And so they will hunt down any man that they see because there are no more male orcs in this world. Have they all it's been just huh? They've all been exterminated. They've all been killed or they've all been uh, you know, um used to death by the women to make babies. Oh. It's a death by snoo snoo. Death by snoo snoo situation. I and see. so Cosma is running for his life from this horde of female orcs. Um, and Cosma uh, uh, has no idea what's going on. So uh, Megumin is shouting to him, explaining what's happening and why they're chasing him. To which Darkness says, wait a minute. You, you, mean, there, you mean there's no male orcs? Like, well, yeah. Well, are, you mean male orcs, the ones who are, who are known for, for kidnapping and ravishing uh, female adventurers and doing all these horrible things to them? And like <laughs> Megumin's like, yeah, there are no male orcs. To which darkness then freezes in her in her step and just goes unconscious from the shock of there not being any male orcs. <laughs> I really, really hope so useless. Darkness really, is so useless. They're all useless in their own ways. Um, they truly are. Yeah. Anyways. The movie's a load of fun. Uh, by the time this, uh, this, uh, of course, this the uploads... whole time you're telling me this, the whole time you're telling me this, I'm thinking about the time that he saved a succubus's life that he uh, had that he had hired to give him, yeah, had yes. hired to entertain him in his sleep. We shall say, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great movie. Um, couple of things here and there that I kind of wish they hadn't changed from the book. Um, but I actually saw one comment online saying that, oh, yeah, well, like, it was fun, but it was a side adventure. I wish they would have just continued with the actual story. And I was just like, it is the actual story. That's book five. Yeah. And if we get a season three of Konosuba, which I really hope we do, and it's crazy popular, so it would make sense for them to do it. And there's yeah. plenty of material for them to use. Um, season three is probably going to pick up where the movie left off. So hopefully Crunchyroll adds it because Crunchyroll is the one who produced it here in the States or brought it over for it to be streamed for a couple of nights. So okay. hopefully, you know, in the near future, we'll have it on Crunchyroll to watch as well. Um, Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, but yeah. So, and then there's a bit more news uh, that you, that you listed. Yes. Um, 
KyoAni has announced that the Violet Evergarden film that they've been working on, uh, that had which had been postponed due to the fire, um, which was originally slated for a January release, is now scheduled for a release on April 24th <laughs> in Japan. So, which, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that probably going to stop like a little baby, but there's still more of the story to uh, tell for uh, Violet Evergarden. Um, there are three light novels that tell the complete story. Um, I have not read any of them. Um, but yeah, there's still more story to be told. They haven't told all of it yet. So okay. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm happy that they're back on their feet and they're moving forward, uh, trying to get back the tragedy that happened or trying to get through and work through the tragedy that happened to them earlier this year. Um, uh -huh. And yeah, I give them my full support. I hope that this comes to the States as well. Um, probably Netflix, I would assume, since Netflix has the rights to the show already. Um, that said, I would love for it to have a limited release in theaters, just like Konosuba did. So, right. all right. So I guess that's it for the news. Unless there's anything that, um, unless there's anything else you wanted to cover. That's it. I'm ready to move into three episodes in. Okay. And three episodes in this week was your pick. So why don't you go ahead and, uh, reveal the title and, right. uh, or read the title and the, and the synopsis. All right. So. The uh, the show is called Ristorante Paradiso. Um, uh, the synopsis from Crunchyroll reads, Rome, Italy. When she was a child, Nicoletta was taken in by her grandmother so that her mother could remarry. Now grown up, she leaves everything in the countryside behind to visit her mother and her mother's second husband, a restaurant owner. To her surprise, her stepfather did not know his wife had a daughter. Delicious food and dreamy gentlemen await at the restaurant. Casa del Orso. For everyone else, for everyone who works there, a tender connection to the hearts of each visitor is spun. And the curtain raises on a story about these first-rate Italian gentlemen in spectacles. All right. So, first off, this show had the promise to be something a lot like um, uh, Oran High School Host Club. Yeah, but, yeah, definitely. But it's it's like a more it's a way more mature version of it. Mm -hmm. the, the there's no goofball humor. It's all very serious, very uh, somewhat somber. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 very slow paced. It's a very slow paced show. It's not kind yes. of in your face humor that uh, Oran, Hi Hi Oran High School Host Club had. Mm -hmm. um, where it's all these rich kids just doing crazy things to entertain uh, girls in their spare time. Um, no, now, everyone who works at this restaurant is a man. They all um, wear, and it's they're older men, and they're all gentlemen. Like yeah, they're very, very polite and reserved. Hmm? Mid mid thirties to late fifties, mm -hmm. they seem to be. And mm -hmm. so, the story revolves around a young girl whose mother had left her behind. In the now, 
I thought he had left. They had left her in. It doesn't really specify from what I saw. I thought maybe they left her in Japan and she had moved to Italy. But I guess the entire thing takes place in Italy and they're all Italian and she had moved to Rome from the countryside. I I don't know which is which. I think she's I th- I thought she moved to America. I thought that I caught that in the show. I could be wrong, maybe it's just my automatic assumptions, but to me it feels like she um like they're, they're welcoming her to the country and she says that I, you know, I was actually born here. So mm-hmm. I just moved when I was very young. Yes. So I think they, I, I, I seem to recall them talking about her, her uh, living in America. Excuse me, her living in America. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I could be incorrect about that. Sure. Um, I will be completely honest. I was not paying super close attention to this show. Not because I wasn't enjoying it, but because of its lackadaisical, lackadaisical slow pace and there's nothing wrong with the pace this the the pace is very much intended this show is very much intended to be a slower paced show where you just sit back and enjoy it just like you would in an italian cafe or uh which is you know the the pacing the the pacing actually sets the environment Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. it's well put together in that regard Mm -hmm. Um, now i will say that nicoletta the the main character um she immediately reminded me of just like the character design in this show. Um, mm-hmm. She reminded me of Nami, just short orange mm. hair, brown eyes. And she very much had the same kind of figure as early Nami uh, yeah. before, you know, she became the character design feels like a cross adult. between the character design does feel like a cross between one piece and Bacchano. Yeah. And actually uh, this show uh, was uh, done by David productions to, uh, uh, Dave Production has done a lot of other great shows, mm-hmm. such as um, Cells at Work. Oh. All four seasons of, um, actually, maybe five at this point. I don't even know. Um, of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's at five now. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, they have done some incredible work. Um, so. Anyways, uh, I just wanted to go ahead and point that out, that her character design very much reminded me of one uh, of Nami from One Piece just because of her look. It's um, true. Her, um, her, her expressions, her overall design, she, she is a much, let's say, um, a, a more, uh, how do you say it, subtle version uh-huh. of uh-huh. Nami. Okay. Um so yeah. The show there's there's not a lot happening in any given episode. There's the artwork mm-hmm. is beautiful. The animation is I want to say it's kind of cheap. There's they do spend a lot of time doing um well they have beautiful food and beautiful scenery and beautiful characters, but not a lot of not a lot of what you'd consider animation. Mm-hmm. I mean, the walking down is just them bobbing up and down and um, a lot of pan and zoom kind of effects. Um, but it's kind of an older show, isn't it? Uh, when, when did this come out? 07? 2006, uh, 2009. It aired April 2009 to June uh, 
of the same year. There's only 11 okay. episodes, so even it's okay. a fairly shorter season than uh, than other shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It, it has the pacing of a soap opera. And I think that was the yes. target audience as well, is that it's, it's geared towards an older audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Okay, so let's just go ahead and probably just get into kind of our what the things that we liked about the episodes. Sure. Um, so I did a study abroad in the UK uh, during college. Uh, loved it. Thought it was great. And we spent a weekend in Vienna. Mm. And as soon as I saw her walking down, um, walking down the, those streets, because she's asking the, the the girl Nicoletta, she is asking uh. for um, directions. Right for uh she's asking for directions um for this restaurant and uh people are pointing a pointer uh someone tells her oh you're it's real close by it's just right down there um and says that it's really it's really popular so if you don't have a reservation you're not going to get a table Mm -hmm. um and so he uh so she nicoletta starts walking down these roads and they kind of show it from her point of view as she's walking down these streets and i was just reminded of the reminded of the beautiful cobblestone uh, roads and um, and kind of you know tight knit uh, roads and houses that they have in Europe in mo- lots of parts of Europe. Um, it reminded me of when we actually had dinner at a uh, Italian restaurant that night, and I had a very unique pizza. Uh, it had corn and green chili peppers on it. Huh. It was actually really good. Um, but uh, anyways. Um, yeah, so that, I just wanted to point that out that it reminded me of that, and I really enjoyed kind of walking down. I, again, that's probably one of the reasons I wasn't paying as much attention during this as I've tried to in previous uh, episodes we uh, episodes we've recorded. Um, you know, some shows grip you, be, grip you, and give you the sense that this is something you need to be paying attention to because things are going to happen fast. And this show mm-hmm. didn't have that, and it's fine. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're looking for something a little more slow paced. And this, if you're looking for something to relax to, you don't have to worry about missing p- things because people are talking too fast or the action's moving too fast. Mm-hmm. But you're interested in human drama. This is a show for you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, all right. <clears throat> anyway, so she gets into this restaurant and uh, she's instantly greeted by an older gentleman. Um, and uh, so it's it's revealed as she's walking, as Nicoletta's walking to the um, to the restaurant, uh, that she's there because her mother abandoned her. She's finally found when she was five. She's finally found her, and she's going to out her to her husband. Uh, she's going to out her mother to her husband because the entire reason she, her uh, her mother Olga abandoned Nicoletta is because this fiancé of hers was not interested in marrying a divorcee mm-hmm. with a child. And so Olga mm-hmm. kept that part about her life an absolute secret so she could marry him. Yes. Um, and so Nicoletta comes here to ruin her life, is her is her goal. Um, and as soon as she walks in, though, she's just completely overpowered by this restaurant. Yeah. Um she falls madly in love to be honest mm-hmm. with uh with the the culture in the city. Oh, excuse me. Mm. Ugh. All right. Anyway. 
So uh, she, uh, she she comes in. Uh, she um, she's uh, the the maitre d. This older mm-hmm. gentleman uh, with pinkish hair. I believe it was. Um, I've got his name pulled up right I here. Think it's Claudia. Claudio. Claudio. Yep. Yeah. Um, she uh, Claudio invites her to sit down because she says that she is a f- uh, she's waiting for the owner. And he's like, okay, well he'll be here soon. Um, and so she, uh, she sits down and she waits and a little bit passes as she's observing the restaurant and she sees all these women in here kind of oogling, uh, the male staff and the entire staff is men. She notices as well. Mm -hmm. And they all have spectacles. Yeah. Um, and they're all, and she realizes, oh, these guys are gentlemen because they're all polite. They're all well-dressed, well-groomed. Um, this, and this eat. is why, I, this is one of the things that tied it back to Oron High School for me, is because mm-hmm. all the gentlemanly facade that these boys put on during in Oron High School are things that these guys are genuine about. These, mm-hmm. are, cult, these are men of culture. Mm-hmm. So, um, and these women are basically swooning over them. Uh-huh. Um, something, yeah, they're all bespectacled, and we find out um, after she's eaten her antipasto, she feels the compulsion to go and thank the chef. Yeah. And the chef, uh, and she then she realizes even back here the chef's wearing glasses. Says, "Is that a requirement? Does everybody here have to wear glasses?" And they're kind of like, "Yeah, even if you don't even need them." What? So the chef pulls off his glasses and sticks his finger through the frames and demonstrating that there's nothing in there. It's like, mm-hmm. everyone's wearing glasses, even if they're fake. So it's like, why? And then the maitre d' and the chef at the same time utter, Madame prefers it that way. Mm-hmm. Turns out her mom has a fetish for glasses mm-hmm. wearing men. And so we find out in about episode three that, in fact, at the founding of this restaurant... Um, the owner's wife insisted that everyone wear glasses. The owner has perfect 2020 vision, um, Olga's husband. Um, and so she, he doesn't need to wear glasses. He's not going to wear glasses. But when they opened the restaurant, she said, can we please make it a rule to where all the men in your restaurant have to wear spectacles? And he's like, okay. (laughs) So, because she loves glasses. Um, but anyways, uh, that's kind of skipping a little bit ahead uh, because uh, the mom then comes in with the owner she and um, the mom recognizes the daughter, uh, pulls her outside and begs her not to reveal that she's her daughter. Um, and then she comes back in, they, they go back in and uh-huh. Nicoletta is just about to reveal it. But again, she could just kind of get swept away by the pace of this place. Um, like her mother stops her and then things just kind of go from there. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so and, I, uh, I just so, skip ahead because it was yeah. after they had been served the antipasto by, uh, it was at that meal. They were served the antipasto. They were, um, complimented as that, that's when she noticed everybody's being gentlemanly and all the women are swooning after the waiters and the waiters are not necessarily um 
Yeah. Not necessarily turning them down, but they're but it's just sort of this atmosphere that they're cultivating. Mm-hmm. Um Turns out the restaurant's name they they established. I don't remember. I don't. Again, the pacing of the show is so slow that it's hard to tell when events. Um, it, it, mm-hmm. It's, but they, they reveal little things here and there, and it's established that the, the name of the restaurant is actually Italian for the House of the Little Bear, which I think comes after. I think the reveal of that comes after the realization that after she'd. Like, um, okay. I know I'm jumping around a lot. And that's just going to happen with this episode. Um, Nicolette was living in a uh, hotel room when her mother um, insisted that she get her an apartment and get her all set up and squared away mm-hmm. and promised her that they'd go out and talk. But the day she promised her that she would, she would became unavailable and wasn't and but she'll make sure that her apartment's squared away, even though she's gonna be busy with work all day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when she comes in, it's turns out it's Nicoletta's birthday or something. I think she just turned 21. Um yeah. and there's a large teddy bear with a two Nicolette um card with the nice calligraphic font with an a, an elegant um ivy border mm-hmm. um indicating that it's a present for her and so mm-hmm. it the, it's implied that the restaurant may have been named after the daughter that she wasn't al- that she had to keep hidden so that she could stay married mm-hmm. she loved. Mm-hmm. house of the little bear House, yep, something like that. Um, and I didn't put that together. That's actually a pretty. Uh, that's a pretty. Um, uh, that's a pretty good way of looking at it, you know. Or that's that's a that's a good find, I should say. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so they go through. Um, she comes back to the restaurant. Like uh, she's she, her mother Olga introduces Nicolette as a daughter of a close friend. Um, that's right. And so the next day, and they they invited her to come, come just come back to the restaurant whenever she wants, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so she's walking by, and she's uh she's in, in and she meets uh, I think again the the maitre d, um uh, Claudio, mm-hmm. and he invites her to come, and she's like, "But well, you guys aren't open yet." And she says, "That's okay. No, no, you can. It's fine. You can just eat the food that is for the staff. It's it's almost as good as what we serve our regular customers." Um, and so he, uh, she goes in and, uh, she's already smitten with Claudio at this point. Like every time she looks at him, she blushes. Um, even he, even, and she's like, he's an, he's like twice my age. And yet I've never felt this way about someone before. What is going on? Um, it's, I, and so she goes in and she, um, she goes in, sits down, and eats with them. And they have this really fun, clever scene, I thought, because there's a big cast, and we haven't really... Well, big cast. I mean, there's probably, what, 10 characters or so, maybe 12. Yeah, um, seven of them being the uh, the main boys. Mm-hmm, the main boys. <laughs> the gentlemen. <laughs> uh, where they... Um... Shoot. Uh... Oh, so... She immediately asks, okay, well, not immediately, but the, one of her first questions to them after, you know, they sit down and start eating, she says, okay, 
So which of you is the most popular? Mm. And they're just like, I forget who spoke first, but it doesn't really matter. Oh, obviously this guy is the most popular and pointing out to this guy, the camera then cuts and it shows the name of the person that would just said, oh, this person is the most popular. And it's like, oh, no, 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 it's not me. Obviously, he's got the most admirer, admirers. And it cuts yep. to that person. And again, it's got the title card for that for uh, for that character. Uh, and I just thought it was a fun, clever way. Instead of like you see, we see it happen so often in, in anime where um, when they have a huge cast of characters, they'll just show the characters at the beginning and then just have their names next to them instead of bothering to introduce them. I really enjoyed the change that this one did where, yes. um, where uh, one for one thing, it was one by one and not just an overload of all these characters at the same time with all their names and they expect us to remember them. Right. Um, like the opening credits to uh, Bacchano. To Bacchano. Well, that's the opening credits. All right. Sure. That's, I'm fine. And the opening credits to Bacchano are a work of art, just yeah. like the rest of that show. Um, but anyways, uh, they, uh, so, so I just really enjoyed that. I thought it was a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you're, what, what you're describing is a lot like um, what keeps happening with um, My Hero Academia, where anytime they throw in a whole bunch of characters and maybe you haven't seen them in a couple episodes, They'll throw in a title card just to remind you, this is who they are, this is what they can do. And I get the feeling, and, and I'm pretty sure that happens in the manga too, is that they just throw in these stylized oh, title that, cards. They do that in One Piece as well. And okay. like, you know, that's that's just the style of it. Um, I just enjoyed this different take of that style. I thought it was a sure. lot of fun. Sure. Um, anyways, uh, moving on... Um, well, and she it's it's fairly obvious that she's got, you know, she is um into Claudio. Mm -hmm. Um but Claudio uh well it's revealed that Claudio is like while there are a lot of women who go for Claudio just because he's so, you know, he's so attractive and so gentlemanly. Um all the newcomers fall for him. All the newcomers fall for him. And she's like, oh wait, why is that? Thanks. That's all that's the phrase I was trying to remember. Yeah. Uh remember. And uh she's he says, Well, why is that? And he's like, Oh, well they explain that, you know, because he's just the first one they see and yeah, things like that. But, but he's he's the maitre D. But he but it's not going to work. Uh, and I was like, and she oh it, it just won't happen though. He's like, Well, why is that? And uh, that's when uh, Claudio holds up his hand and shows a a, uh, a, um, a wedding band, wedding ring, a wedding band on it. Um, to which you know immediately she's crushed. Um, yes. But then it turns out a couple of the other guys are also married, and one of them was like, "Well, the thing is, like, I still like to flirt with women around here. I'm not as strict about it as Claudio is." Mm -hmm. um, later on, it's revealed that one of the guys who's married is married to a girl that you know he's in his 40s and she's in her early 20s. Yeah, she's going um, to college, but they happen mm -hmm. to have met at a gym and he at pursued gym. her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're both muscle nuts. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, but they... Uh... Yeah, um, anyways. Um, so that episode kind of ends with her kind of feeling down that this guy that she's kind of fallen for is married. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the closing credits of the first episode. Mm -hmm. And we both wrote this down. We did. 
the closing credits features while while the text of everybody's names are on one side of the screen, the other side is just a spotlight of a teddy bear on a chair with Nicolette behind the chair. And the teddy bear just started patting his leg. And then start and then I thought, oh that's adorable. I gotta write that down. And then the teddy bear starts swaying back and forth. It is yeah, a this, dance. this adorable <laughs> little bear starts dancing, uh, and it's cute. It's a very, very cute uh, ending, and I we both wrote it down. Yes, um, anyways, uh, so episode two starts, and uh, she and you, I guess that's episode three that you have written down for the start of that, um, the date thing. Um, yes. the date is the start of episode three. Episode two, mm-hmm. though, uh, is when she's, um, Episode two is when things start to come to a bit of a head. She's not sure how she feels. She She's never been in love before and wants to know and mm-hmm. tries to push herself physically. Well, yeah, tries to push herself physically onto Claudio, who in his uh, gentlemanly way says, I can't. I can't to do this. And she's caught by her mother in her apartment. With mm-hmm. Claudio trying to seduce him. Yep. And it's... Yep. It's a bit funny there, but... Um, well, and then the mother just flat out says, what are you doing trying to seduce my Claudio? Yes. And, like, she, she, and the daughter she, says, she your claims, Claudio, she you're claims married. ownership of all the men yeah. in, and that work in her. Yeah, And she's like, no, you don't understand. They're all my boys. They're <laughs> all mine. <laughs> Which makes her mm-hmm. the parallel of the unofficial queen of the host club coming up out of the, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Uh, I did not think that we would be talking about, um, or on on high school host club in this episode. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so we, uh, now something that happened in that episode is they, uh, something that just goes on is that they will use common, um, uh, Italian expressions, but then constantly talking Japanese, which you know our own media does that. If we're, we're going to do a show about Italians, they'll say things in Italian from time to time, and then spend the rest of their time talking in English in Italy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's a thing that every media, every country does in one way or another, I guess. Um, but um. After this event where the girl, where she tries to seduce the old man, or Claudio, uh, Nicolette comes into the restaurant. Well, she learn- we should probably there. explain that she learns that he's no longer married. He's still wearing the ring. And that's why she decides to go for him. Yes. Yeah, so, well, yeah, there's a whole scene mm-hmm. where, where it's raining outside and uh, Lucietto, the, the grumpy old man of the group, um, mm-hmm. Hands them an umbrella so uh, Claudio can walk Nicoletta home. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicoletta invites him inside, but uh, and makes the him some. Really pouring down, makes him some tea mm-hmm. or some uh, coffee. It's coffee. Yeah, make some coffee. This is this is uh, Italy. It's yeah. it's going to be coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but they. Uh... But yeah, well. It's mm-hmm. it's the next day for the note that I wrote, and you know it's just revealed on the walk in the rain under sharing under an umbrella. The reason why he still wears the wedding ring is to avoid complication with rest with uh, 
people in the restaurant trying it's to because, pursue him romantically. Yeah, but some women are pursuing him so hardly that he wears the ring to keep them away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So what else does he do? Yeah. So that's a thing. Um. But what I wrote down was they keep saying bonjour to to each other, which is a mm-hmm. good day, I suppose. Bonjourno. Um, that's what I had literally wrote down. Was the <laughs> um, as it as it turns out, there's a story behind this. I I recently found out that um, uh, Quentin Tarantino does table reads with all of his actors um, to try to get a feel for the script and get some ideas about what's going to go on with it when uh, um, <laughs> um, as as he's prepping the uh, the actual shoot. And so he had Brad Pitt in his house in his breakfast nook, reading the script out loud with other people. And when it came to that point in the script, where as an American Apache, he needs to, uh, or a half-blooded Apache, he needs to um, pretend to be Italian. Brad Pitt, at that moment, just said, Bongiorno, in the worst way possible. And at that moment, Tarantino put his hands in his face, face palm and goes, that's exactly how it's going to be in the movie. I can't get away from this now. Bongiorno. <laughs> and the reason for the whole of doing that was i mean one of the things like movies like Killy's heroes and where eagles dare mm-hmm. just assumed because everybody was white and european that they all could do perfect european accents and so there would never be anybody to be concerned about or, or the dirty dozen um is that there was never any tension over the fact that if somebody couldn't do the language or the accent right, they'd be found out as a spy really quickly. And so he decided to put that in Inglorious Bastards when it was never in um, The Dirty Dozen or uh, Where Eagles Dare. Mm-hmm. People could just, because everybody had everybody in England, everybody involved in World War II in the European front had a British accent no matter what country they were from. If, if, you know, 1960s movies were to be believed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, so, but yeah, so just all, just their, their perpetual use of uh, Italianisms um, while, while switching back and forth between Italian and Japanese constantly. Mm-hmm. Made me laugh. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much a good synopsis for episode two. She tries to yep. make a move on him. Um, but also, we should say, uh, we should point out that she actually learns that she is, well, she gets praised for her cooking because she, she tries to go to the restaurant at some point, but it's closed. Um, so she then gets invited by another, I think, the grumpy old man uh, uh-huh. to come over and cook. And Claudio happens to be there as well. Um, so it's the old man, his grandson, Claudio, and she's making food for them. And the old man's just like, eh, this food is passable. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the grandson's very, very happy about eating her, uh, eating her delicious food, um, Mm -hmm. praising her cooking. Um, and, uh, anyways, uh, episode. Now, something really funny that happened during that conversation. What's blah, blah, blah? Something that's really funny that happens during that conversation is um, 
the little boy, uh, like Nicoletta says something and the little boy repeats her. And then at the same time, the little boy and the grandpa, Nicoletta and the grandpa tell the boy, don't copy her. Don't copy me at the same time. It's like. (sighs) Yeah, that was pretty cute. So, um, so funny little scenes. Also, in episode, uh, anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, we learned that the um, that her mom Olga is actually close friends and actually works in the same office. And it looks and there she's a lawyer. The mother turns out to be a lawyer, and it turns out that's why she's busy. She's not trying to be a horrible mother, even though let's be honest, she is. Um, she didn't want to. She didn't. I guarantee she yeah. wanted to keep the the appointment with her daughter. Um, but work came up, and because we we learn in this little scene that um, they uh, you know, we learn in this busy. little scene that she's extremely busy. Um, but her uh, her friend uh, Claudio's ex wife um, knows that Nicoletta is her real daughter. Um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, So, in the next episode, uh, we mm-hmm. see that our or again, I'm not quite sure this is the next episode or not. I, I did not, I did not commit a lot of this to short term memory or to long term memory. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Nicoletta gets a job as an apprentice at the um, at the restaurant. Yes, because a lot of them keep asking her, "What is she going to do with her life?" Um, are you gonna like? You need to get a job. Are you are you gonna go home? How long are you gonna stay here? Um, and finally, she decides to get a job at the restaurant. Well, her mom says, if you need a job, get just work at the restaurant. It'll be fine. Just work in the back so no one sees you. Yeah. So because they don't want to know that there's a woman. All you know, their their clientele of attractive single women <laughs> uh, would not like to know that there's an attractive single woman. Working in close proximity of uh, all these gentlemen. <laughs> uh, yes, that that could cause problems. Hi, kitty. Sorry, Toby, snuggling up by my feet again because I got a blanket. Uh, anyways, um, so she starts working there, and she's actually really depressed um, as this episode progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the beginning of the episode, there's something that happens that you wrote down that I kind of I pointed to a little bit earlier so how about you go ahead and cover that real fast yes so the episode actually episode three actually starts um so episode two is all about the drama between about claudio they really talk about him and how you know with his ring how he's not actually how he's actually has an ex-wife he's not actually married but he's but he wears the ring to keep people at bay and keep people away from him episode three starts off with a date and it's shot as though Claudio's on a date with a beautiful woman and the beautiful woman's ready to open up to him but notices that the, you know he's not saying anything you're still wearing the ring you still have feelings for your ex I mean if this isn't going anywhere it's kind of mean to me to mm-hmm. uh, to do this um, and then you hear some you hear a voice say well it's you who asked me out and then there's a slap. And then the woman walks out, and Claudio watches her walk out, and then he watches the man he she slapped walk out with her, saying, wait, talk to me. Because 
It was shot as if it was Claudio that was on the date, but there was someone else. So it was a kind of a, um, it was a misdirect, um, but pertinent if you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. Um. So. Yes. Sorry. Uh, just lost my train of thought there for a little bit. Um. Anyways. Uh. So. She's working in the restaurant at this time, and she starts getting. Uh, Nicolette is working in the pro- restaurant, and she is getting depressed. Um. And. One thing that doesn't actually help is that her mom actually comes over and visits her mm-hmm. and Nicolette talks to her and says how she's never had these emotions before for anybody. And she describes things about it. And her mother says, sweetheart, that's love. What you're feeling is love. Um, and she's like, um, and then she asks her, then Nicolette asks Olga, let's go ahead and use names so it's easier for people to go ahead and follow along. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Nicolette asks Olga what she, why she fell in love with uh, the restaurant owner, um, especially when he's such a bear of a man um, uh-huh. and is nothing like, like you know, like her mother's it. type, who is, she calls her, you know, she accuses, she calls her mother out and says, you have a glasses fetish. Why are you with someone who doesn't have glasses? And she's like, I don't know. I just fell in love with him at first sight. I knew that I had to be with him. Um, Did he used to be cute? Nope. Yeah. It's like, no, he's always looked like a bear. But I still love him. Mm-hmm. He's always looked like a bear. And that's when we learned that she, when they opened up the restaurant, she said, let's make the rule where um, all yeah. the male employees have to wear glasses. Yeah. And it's it's hinted that there is, in this episode, that there was an employee um, who is no longer working there? And Nicholas like, wait, because he wouldn't wear glasses. They're like, oh no, 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 we couldn't fire him over something like that. No, no, there, there was different reasons why he was let go. Um, so, uh, anyways, uh, they, they they made it seem like maybe the owner has more than one restaurant, and he was just transferred. Possibly. But I, I'm not entirely sure what was going on there. Mm-hmm. It's possible. <laughs> Anyway, um, so uh, so she gets she's depressed, and mm-hmm. pretty much all the all the guys say to Claudio at some point, she's depressed because she has because she's into you. I mean, it's really obvious the real reason why she started working here is because she likes you. You should go talk to her, even if it's to let her down. You need to go talk to her. Uh huh. Uh, so he eventually does. Uh, he eventually does. And um, Claudio uh, talks to her um, while she's outside. Um, everyone else is just kind of inside enjoying things. Um, mm. But she... Uh, well, I think one of the things that makes her depressed... Is, uh, I forgot to mention this, but one of the things that makes her depressed is that she actually sees Claudio speaking with his ex-wife outside one night. Uh-huh. And she becomes... Uh, that's where kind of where the depression, the depression starts, uh, because the wife's like, you need to take off your ring. Look, you can't still be in love with me after all this time. Just take your ring off. 
And then the wife, the ex-wife, notices uh, Nicolette and uh, to, and then and walks away. Yeah. Um, so she she thinks that he is still in love, that Claudio is still in love with his ex-wife, and that's why he hasn't taken off the ring after all this time. So she's depressed. She's out there out out in the back poking a plant or something, um, and Claudio comes up to her and talks to her, and uh, he. She's like, no, it's it's not really that. It's not that I'm, uh, you know, upset about that. It's she's my mom. She kind of lets it out, lets the news out uh, that um, the uh, that Olga is her mom. To which Claudio is honestly surprised. <laughs> he doesn't become angry. Uh, he doesn't like go in and start accusing people of anything like that. He's he kind of knows he, he he was told that in confidence. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, uh, anyways, they then, um, well, here you have written down what happens. Um, so why don't you go ahead and talk about that? I don't want to steal your well, thunder. Well, so she's, she's revealing these personal things about herself and her life and mm -hmm. things that he needs to now keep secret. And he confesses to her that his name, his full name, is actually Santo Claudio Paradiso. Oh. Now, which basically translates to Saint Claudio of Heaven. Mm. Um, and now the, the actual show is called Ristorante Paradiso. So that's Claudio's last name in the title of the ep of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, so restaurant of he restaurant of heaven uh, in Italy, mm -hmm. um, in Italian. Um, but yeah, they he said uh, he 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 mentions that you know kids used to make fun of him because that was his full name, um, and she's like, well, being named heaven is a wonderful thing. Why should anybody make fun of you for it? Mm -hmm. and so she's real sweet about it. And it seems like um, it does feel like a flag in their relationship has happened in terms of their uh, progression. So we'll see if this show is just a uh, 12 episode long. Will they won't they between these two or just how much how much shipping is going to also happen with the oh, other guys, too? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, so again, back to the Oron thing is that she's going to have an episode with every other, with each of the guys that's going to hint to shipping and then it's just going to reinforce her actual feelings for the one guy she really likes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, all right. Well, you know, I guess we I guess that's about it for the three episodes. Again, it's kind of a slower paced show. Um yes. it's it's really relaxing. So what I kind of want to know uh, what your final thoughts are on it. Um you know, I might come back to it at some point, and because here's here's one of the selling points of this show. They will take the most dramatic moment, the most dramatic reveal or moment of the next episode, and use that for the teaser after the credits. Like in episode one, the teaser for episode two was the two of the was um, Nicoletta unbuttoning. Claudio's shirt. Mm -hmm. 
the teaser for episode three at the end of episode two is Nicoletta telling Claudio she's my mother. And again, that doesn't ha- that's a briefest moment that doesn't nearly go as far as it should have with a reveal like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of me is a little disappointed at, at that particular kind of pacing. And I just know it's going to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to give it a try, but I, I don't know. I think I, I added it to my queue after after this. Um, really? It, uh, I enjoyed the slow pacing of it. Um, I enjoyed the fact that I could be distracted and check my phone without needing, without uh, feeling like I really missed anything. Um, and this kind of feels like a show that, again, we talked about the slower pacing, but this feels like the kind of show where I could watch an episode or two at the end of the day and just help unwind. Mm. So, not so much that I'm interested in the story or seeing where it's going, but it's it's a slower paced show that can help me unwind at the end of a long day, and I think that I'm going to go ahead and uh, keep watching it uh, just for that aspect. Okay. Um. Anyways, that's it for um, Ristorante Paradiso. Next week we're continuing with our, you know, a uh, month of food. And next week we're going to do something a little bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be watching uh, Dagashi Kashi. You may have seen pictures of the main girl in this show online. Um, okay. Cro- uh, if you go ahead and just look her up, you'll you'll see who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Kokonotsu Shikada is the heir to his father's candy shop. But despite his father's wishes, he would rather be a manga author instead. One fateful day, a cute but strange girl, Hotaro Shidare, starts visiting the store day after day to convince uh, Kokonotsu to take over his father's business. Okay. You rec- uh, like? I I've don't. Seen- rec- I you might have seen her, but I don't recognize her. But honestly, she looks like a purple-haired version of the girl with the screw coming out of the back of her head. In um, uh, actually, I am. Oh, okay. I I did not put that together. Um, so we're going to be watching this on Funimation. Um, yes. That's and we'll have a link to it in our description below. Um, so, you, but it's also going to be available on. We'll, we'll add the other ones as well. Season two is available on Crunchyroll, not season one, unfortunately. Um, uh-huh. But uh, it's also on Hulu if you have access to Hulu. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be watching that show next week. I've seen it okay. around and I've been wanting to give it a, uh, have a, I've been wanting to have an excuse to watch it. And now we have an excuse to watch it. Anyways, that's it for three episodes in. Let's move on to recommendation of the week. And it's your pick. And I have to say, I'm jealous that you're the one talking about this. <laughs> All right. So. And okay. This season, there's been a handful of female led um isekai shows and one of the ones that uh recently came out um i actually just watched episode seven today is titled ascendance of a bookworm yep i watched it today as well um ascendance of a bookworm is about a young girl who had finished college and was starting her illustrious career as a librarian and 
had her li- her whole life in front of her when a bookcase collapses on her and kills her. And she finds herself reincarnated in the body of a, six, a sickly six-year-old. Six a sickly six-year-old. In a world without books. Or at least... Where books, she she's born, she's in the body of a commoner, and books are uh, basically exclusive to the nobility. And so she is doing everything in her power to try to bring about a future where she can have books in this world. Doing everything from trying to invent clay tablets to wood scrolls to... Mm-hmm. All kinds of things, um, and it's adorable little show. Uh, really cute. Um, you recommended. I think you recommended the manga to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, think that was one of my recommendations of the week back in the day. <laughs> may have been, may have been. But now I'm recommending the anime, and we'll link to the uh, to the Verve, um, the VRV uh, URL. So that uh, okay. our listeners can watch it. Okay. All right. Um, well, uh, I guess that's it for recommendation of the week, and I, I'll I'll vote for that as well. I've been watching it as if it's, as if it blah 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 blah. I have been watching it as it has been released weekly. Um, it is wonderful. I love it. Mm. Um, anyways, uh, I just came. It's now time for creator shout out, and it's my turn to go. I get my turn. Um. Yes. And this week, I want to give a, a shout out to Love and Sandwich, Chelsea Bloxham. Okay. Um, you should check out her Instagram because I think her stuff is right up your alley. But she she does anime or in video game or uh, nerd culture inspired uh, cross stitch. Really? Mm hmm. Um, not so, not, not really cross stitch. Um, I don't really know how to explain it just because I'm not really in. Uh... Okay, no, it's, it's, it's craft art. Craft um, art. Mm-hmm. It looks like, okay, so it's felt, layers of felt mm-hmm. uh, stitched together to form. I'm seeing in this one image, I'm seeing Calcifer twice, Kiki and her cat, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the forest spirits. That uh, rattle their heads. I want to. Is that Mononoke Hime that does that? Yes, those are, those are the four spirits. Uh, cat bus, no face, Totoro, and the little cat that hangs with him. That's just one picture. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So so. Yeah, this is uh, this is felt craft. She does uh, plushies and felt in frames. These are really good. Yeah. Well, she does more than that. Like she. Uh... You go to their Instagram. She's got a lot of awesome stuff. Like she's made her own. Um, she's made her own uh, amazing uh, Christmas sweater. <laughs> Where, uh, hail Santa it says hail Santa on it, but it's like Santa has uh, you know the pentagram on his head, uh, and he's got like you know some. We shall say strawberry jam coming out of his mouth and eyes. Boat nectar. Um, huh? Some of God's tears. Some boat nectar, some of God's tears coming out of his face. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, a lot of people for a long time uh, would say that, you know, 
point out that, that, that Satan and Santa have the exact same letters in their in their names. Yep. yep. So it's just something like that. But it's a really really fun sh- funny shirt she's made. Um, yeah, definitely check her stuff out because it's definitely worth following. And uh, she uh, takes uh, she takes custom orders. Um, Very cool. Anyways, uh, give her a follow then. Come find her. We'll we'll link her uh, Instagram and some of her other stuff mm-hmm. here on our site. All right. Well, that's it for another week. Thank you guys so much for listening in. If you listened in on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please share our channel with your friends. Uh, where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com. Currently has the links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference. And if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Ben Coombs for providing our artwork for us. Another shout out to Brasmataz for their song Dry Kulk, which we use as the opening and closer for this podcast. Well, I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week. Stop.